0: Hey friends, welcome to the Living Truth Podcast. And today our guest is Dr. Jake Porter and uh, Jake, you um, have an amazing resume that I was reading online there's so many different things that I could say. I know that you're president of Daring Ventures, an incredible ministry based out of Houston, is it right? It's Houston. That's right. And you, uh, and you have uh, masters in divinity and theolo- the, the theology. Yeah. Um, there's su- such an incredible background of faith as well as yeah. um, psychology that mm-hmm. I was reading.
1: Yeah. I was and a pastor you... for 13 years before becoming a professional counselor.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. So what is it that led you from the pastorship to becoming a counselor?
1: It was a combination of things. Uh, including my own journey of recovery and, uh, as well as just seeing where God was leading and moving and blessing. Remember the old, um, uh, oh, what was it called? The Henry Blackaby, uh, mm. experiencing God, experiencing that the- God. That's it. Yeah. And, and he talks about, don't tell God what you're going to do for him. See where he's at work and join him there. Yes. Um, that was part of it. Uh, so, yeah, about three years ago now, I uh, left uh, pastoral ministry and started doing this full time. Ah, uh, yeah. And Daring Ventures has grown
0: astronomically in the past few years, and you yeah. have intensives and things yes. and webinars and stuff
1: going on down there. Yes, we do. You yeah. do
0: so, you do online counseling as well as in person, and we
1: do some now. Um, we've got coaches that can work with folks from anywhere across state lines. I do a limited amount of coaching and consultation with couples or individuals. Um, I don't do psychotherapy across state lines though, because uh, of licensure issues. So, right, but people come from all over. So, we've had folks, uh, you know, from your neck of the woods, from East Coast, West Coast. Um, come and spend a week with us or three days with us and and that's that's a lot of fun um getting to meet people Mm -hmm. from all over yeah yes yeah for sure
0: and we have sent many couples from indiana yes houston thank you Um, they've uh, been great to work with yeah and they yeah the the results have been pretty pretty incredible um Cool. Well, yeah, what I wanted to talk to you about today, um, and I've heard you teach on this when you were actually in Indiana, is making saves with your partner. Now, I think that this is something that all couples and really even a single person um, can can use this in in their relationships as well, especially Absolutely. if they if they ever intend on being married. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> um, right. But there are some unique aspects of this uh, process here that I'd, that I'd like to, uh, for you to talk about. But um, yeah, how did this come about that you uh, created this formula?
1: Sure. So, so making saves is, is a tool to help um, help a person do a, something called co-regulation with their partner, which is just a big word for uh, keeping them from... from you know, get going off into like fight or flight, sort of losing their their balance, losing their grounding. And when I first started working with partners uh and and addicts together as a couple, um, this was a big deal. This was a really big problem. So uh picture picture this, okay. Um let's say you've got a couple who uh are in recovery and in a healing process from betrayal and and he's uh 15 minutes late getting home right mm-hmm. and what that does in a partner's brain and i can go more into that later if i need to but but basically that experience of him being late and what it reminds her of and the neural pathways that that begins to activate it begins to send her to this place of unsafety so so she's already kind of fearful, maybe stewing, maybe angry, remembering things that she now knows he once did. And he walks in, and you've experienced this, right? You walk into a room and you immediately feel the energy in the room. Right. So he walks in, and maybe she doesn't turn around and say hello. Maybe he says hi and she doesn't say hello back. Her mm-hmm. eyes are kind of squinted and her lips are pressed and all of a sudden now he's starting to get anxious because he knows something's off and he's thinking, I didn't do anything. And mm-hmm. that moment right there will set the trajectory trajectory for the rest of their night,
0: mm-hmm. most
1: likely. Yeah. And what I found was that guys did not know what to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. They, they would often, uh, go the route of ignoring, mm-hmm. um, sort of placating let's change the subject let me make her happy tell her a funny Mm -hmm. story from work that that wouldn't work (laughs) uh or just get defensive right what's the matter with you um what's going on with you what's wrong with you and and so making saves is a tool to actually help guys know step by step Mm -hmm. how they can lean into this in a way that they come out the other end more connected with their partner rather than disconnected from their partner.
0: Yes, excellent. And just for some listeners, that um, just just to define to, to some of the terms and stuff. I know in the professional counseling we sure. talk about uh, addict and partner and and those kind of things. And so in the case that you just you just suggested uh, the scenario where uh, we, we would be talking about a, a man a male who has a a sexual addiction and his and his wife would be his partner so um and that's the case we see that mostly but it's not necessarily the case that's how the term addict and partner have come into play because sometimes the addict could be the the woman absolutely and if she has a a sexual addiction and so if she has had an affair and he is the one who's triggered like from her being 15 minutes late and so on and um but that scenario can happen to just about anybody right yes. i mean with yes. uh, with with the idea of a sexual addiction that's that's a pretty easy and classic thing that you just mentioned and being late and how that could remind uh, the partner but um I think that anyone uh I think most people in a marriage at some point have experienced <laughs> something like this right
1: yeah. <laughs> and and even outside of marriage, you know with your kids, with your coworkers or mm-hmm. employees or i mean yeah. If you're in relationships, you're going to encounter people who need some help with this process of regulation. The hu- human beings are designed, we are wired to need relationships to stay grounded and centered and whole. We, we need that. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, this has application in many domains yeah. of life.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I think it goes all the way back to Genesis when God said that it is not good for man to be alone. Like Absolutely. that's not, so the design is
1: for us to not be alone, but to be in relationship. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and there's this beautiful sort of paradoxical, almost inverse sort of relationship. And, and I think, yeah, Genesis lays it out. Uh, it's really woven throughout scripture, but we also see evidence of it from neuroscience and that's that, my ability to to self-regulate. So if I get really upset, uh, really anxious, really uh, angry, whatever it is, my ability to regulate myself is connected to my ability to experience security with another person. And so the more relationships I have where I experience security in those relationships, the more ability I have when I'm on my own, when other people aren't present, I'm on my own to regulate myself. It's uh, not that we're Buddhists, but one of the best uh, quotes I ever heard about this was from the Dalai Lama. There was an interview. Someone asked him, what do you do when you get afraid? And he said, I remember my mother's love. I thought, well, that's it. Mm -hmm. You know?
0: Yeah, well God created him for a need with a need for a relationship as well. That's right. <laughs> so, there you go. There you uh, go. Wisdom um from the Dalai Lama for there sure. There you go. Yeah. That's it. I remember my mother's love. That's great. Yeah. Um some people don't have good memories, you know, of upbringing right. and parents as, uh, in in some of those capacities and that can be even more traumatic and yeah, I I like um I'm looking at one of the documents here, this uh, really, really the end result. I mean, I would love for people to go to your website and to watch the webinar uh, that you did on making saves. I think it's phenomenal. It's going to cover this in so much more detail than we can on this podcast. but um you you said this uh, the connection reframe all triggers are ultimately a fear of disconnection or loss of relationship so that's right. what we're talking about in in the case of your um, scenario that you painted so if a husband has has uh, had an affair for instance and they're trying to right. repair the marriage and so he's 15 minutes late um, what uh, what his wife is feeling is the fear of disconnection or loss of relationship down Absolutely. deep, which is in this case, of course, she's she's remembering the fact that he that he right. uh, his indiscretions, and so he has uh, the the fear of disconnection is that he has done it again. Likely, that's
1: right, right, it, and it, exactly, yeah, and and that's so important to start there with this connection reframe because what I try to help whether it's men or women uh, see is that when your partner is triggered, it, on the surface, it may look like they are dismissing you, attacking you, right, uh, against you in some way. It may yes. look like they don't like you or sound like they don't like you as they're yelling or they're, or, or they're stonewalling, whatever it looks like on the outside. But if you can zoom out of that moment and really think about it what's at the very bottom of that iceberg it's it goes to losing the relationship fear of losing the relationship pain of having lost it at one point fear right. of disconnection if i can remember that when my wife is upset with me that really she's upset because she doesn't want to lose her connection with me, when I can reframe it that way, it, it really sets me up then to use this making saves tool. It, mm. it gives me the, the, the paradigm shift, uh, back to, Hey, we're together. The connection between us is what matters rather than we're against each other. It's her versus me. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- What do you think would cause someone to be triggered into that her versus me? You know, so if you're, you're the guy in this instance and your wife turns around, you said lips pressed together, you could tell that she's angry. She's Mm -hmm. visibly upset about something and you don't even know what it is. At this point, you assume that it's, that it's about you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Right? Absolutely. Why, why would someone be in that state to begin with? you think, well, you know, offensive and that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of the the folks I work with, they know they screwed up. They know they've messed up. They know that they've caused pain and along with that they feel guilt, they feel shame, um and and so every time they're faced with this pain again, whether it comes out as anger or sadness or whatever however it's expressed, it then triggers that reminder in them, oh, this is my fault which then in a split second, at least and I'll speak for myself, I can go from, Oh, this is my fault to, Oh, but wait a minute. I hadn't done anything today. I, I'm, I'm being good. I've checked all the boxes I have, you know, and uh-huh. so, and th- so then there's that fine line, a like quick switch to defensiveness of my own, because, you know, mm-hmm. the phrases I hear are, it's never enough. Mm-hmm. I'm never enough, you know, um, hopelessness it's not getting any better how long is this going to last you know Mm. those sorts of things yeah
0: and all of those sound like avoiding avoiding Mm -hmm. uh engaging avoiding pushing in pressing in rather than that's right uh, so so those those all uh exasperate and make it even worse right right Because, because because if we're really looking for connection then that's that's the
1: opposite Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and maybe in a minute, we'll, we'll actually walk through the, the tool itself. Each step in this tool, I created around uh, research in neuroscience to literally help people uh, tap into that attachment system within us that, that longs for connection, that needs connection um, to help calm a brain down. Mm -hmm. But, but, but what you're saying is really important. If, if I see that my partner is upset, is, uh, you know, having some trigger around fear of disconnection or loss of the relationship, and then my response is to either attack or withdraw and pull away and avoid either way there, I'm going to exasperate the problem. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it worse. Right. Yeah. Right. So the solution would be don't run away. Don't attack, but lean in, be present, uh, be courageous, and make space for your triggered partner to experience connection with you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so saves is um, an acrostic, right? This right. Is, um, <clears throat> right. Um, yeah. Uh, just like you said, I would love for you to walk through some of these then. Um, sure. See, ask, validate, empathize, and secure.
1: Yes. See, ask, validate, empathize, and secure. So, okay. So, a lot of this is about making what is going on implicitly explicit. So one thing that we know is that our right brain, for most of us, uh, our right brain is constantly scanning the environment, especially other people. We're looking at their facial expression, listening to their tone of voice, their cadence, their body posture, all of that. And there's a whole unspoken conversation going on between our right brains. And it's usually Mm non-conscious. So this first step is about awareness and taking this, usually unspoken conversation and put it out there in language. So when I walk in and my wife has her back to me and her lips are pressed and she's not engaging me in a, in a friendly greeting, then the first thing I'm going to do, the S of the saves is C. So I'm going to tell her what I see and I'm, I'm going to be conscious of my own way of telling her. Right. So I'm going to say, Hey, I'm noticing that you've been really quiet since I got home. It seems like every time I walk into a room with you, you find a reason to leave that room. You're, I see your your lips are pressed. I see your eyes are squint. Your shoulders are slumped, whatever it is. I'm going to tell her what I see. Mm-hmm. Now, neurobiologically, what that does is it draws her attention to herself, not to her thoughts, But to her actual body, this is a a cortical function, a right prefrontal cortex function, which when I'm triggered, my my prefrontal cortex is largely going offline. I'm going Uh, into my limbic system, the amygdala, the fight or flight system, the higher levels of thinking offline. Prefrontal cortex is where connection happens, empathy happens and and self-reflection so Mm -hmm. the moment i say i'm i see these things in you i'm noticing this it draws her attention to herself it starts to pull her prefrontal cortex back online Mm -hmm. okay
0: now what i noticed when you said that was that every everything you mentioned about her actions sounded judgment free to me too. I mean you just said yes. I noticed you you walked over here I noticed you turned this way. That's I right. noticed your face looks you know uh, you didn't judge it. you just said your lips are like this your eyes are like this you don't look you, you didn't even say hey, you look angry no you, know, you, you put no
1: no pure labels data at all just data Pure data, no interpretation mm. pure data. And then I, and then the next step in the saves tool, which you want to kind of run them one right into the other. So I notice X, Y, Z about you and go right into the A, which is ask, are you triggered right now? And, and here's what I say to guys, you're never going to create a trigger by asking her if she's triggered. Okay. That's like, that is not going to happen. If anything You're gonna, you're gonna save yourself a world of heartache because because you're saying to her, it matters, I see you. I'm not gonna avoid this problem. It matters to me if you're okay or not, right? And best case scenario is that when I tell my I make these observations about my wife. And, you know, her leaving the room and her being kind of quiet and her seeming, you know, having this look of concern on her face. And I tell her these things and I ask, are you triggered right now? Best case scenario is she says, I'm fine. I just had a bad burrito for lunch. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, and, and guess what that does? That saves us a whole evening of heartache because if I don't and I start assuming she's mad at me, mm-hmm. what am I going to start doing? Withdrawing. Maybe being mm-hmm. a little bit snarky, mm-hmm. maybe right, and then I might trigger something in her. Yeah, yeah. So I just ask. Now, most likely, I'm, I say, "Are you triggered right now?" And she's going to go, "Yeah, yeah, I am." Mm-hmm. You were late. You told me you were going to be home at five thirty, and it's it's six fifteen. Mm. You know, uh, yeah, I'm triggered right now. Okay, well, now we've spoken. But but again, she's. She's now talking about it. She's languaging it. This is Mm -hmm. all going to help, hopefully, help pull her, you know, her brain back online. Now, I have to be courageous and not, again, try to uh, defend myself, right? Well, you know, I was walking out the door and -and so-and-so came up to me and asked me about this report. And then we started talking and I'm I'm sorry, you know, whatever. That's not going to help. Mm -hmm or or try to make her laugh that's not going to help you know different guys do that. so (laughs) lean into it hold it i've asked she said yes so the next thing i do is v i'm going to validate and and this is where i tell guys like i've got to i've got to have one foot in the present and one foot in the past here so if both of my feet are in the past i might fall into shame right Mm -hmm. if i'm oh, my gosh, what I did, you know, she's still hurting. I'm It's. I'm never going to be enough. Uh, all the effort I put into recovery, and it's still not enough, and I might spiral into shame. If both of my feet are in the present, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be all about, well, I, I didn't do anything wrong, and it's not my fault, and how long has it been, and, you know, can't we just have a good evening together? I need mm-hmm. one foot in the past, meaning I remember what I did right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I am still the guy that betrayed, Mm -hmm. but one foot in the present that I can be the guy in this moment to validate and empathize and secure her. Mm -hmm. And so, so with this validation piece, I'm going to say something like, you know, it makes sense to me that you'd be upset and angry Mm-hmm. that i told you i was going to be home 45 minutes ago mm-hmm. it makes sense to me based on our history based on what i've done i can see why you'd be afraid uh mm-hmm. for me to come home almost an hour late without giving you a heads up mm-hmm. and then and this is key it must remind you of and then i want to be super specific i don't i tell guys don't say it must remind you of what i did well that 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 sounds like avoidance to a partner. It must remind you of how I used to stay late at work to act out.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: must remind you of how I used to avoid coming home mm-hmm. and doing X, Y, Z instead. Here's why this is important part of Part of the neurobiology of a trauma trigger is that the trauma causes the way the memory is encoded in the brain. And I get really deep into this in, in the webinar that I have on this. Mm-hmm. But part of part of what trauma does is the way the memory gets encoded in the brain is that there's this um, detachment of the visceral, bodily, emotional experience of the memory from the chronological encoding of of the memory in one's whole narrative in other words when that memory gets activated because it of the way trauma encodes it in the brain i'm not so much remembering as reliving so Uh it feels like the threat is right here right now right part of the healing of that trauma is to, is for the, the, the bodily memory, the visceral memory to get reconnected to the narrative memory. So when I say to my wife, it makes sense to me that you'd feel afraid and angry that I'm coming home late. It must mm-hmm. remind you of when I used to uh, avoid coming home and stay at work and act out. I am actually helping link up mm-hmm. that, that memory network in her brain in a way that heals the trauma. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you're kind of helping her move into today where she's reliving the past. Right. While, in a way as
1: well. While validating her present experience of, of that mm-hmm. trauma trigger, mm-hmm. I'm simultaneously helping her brain sort of sift through past versus present right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's hugely important that that step right there. That's why we want to be specific when we use this tool. So so let me let me kind of throw it to a different domain real quick. Like, let's say I'm with one of my team members here at Daring Ventures and uh, and I see that they're upset about something and I recognize what it is it makes sense to me that you'd be frustrated with me um, for not getting that done when I told you I would, you know, I'm, I'm sure that this reminds you of, and, and I'm going to take a risk or, or maybe I ask them, does this remind you of this other incident that we had a year ago? Mm. It, it, it communicates to this other person. It matters to me. What's going on inside of you? I I validate that. It's 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 legitimate. And I want to understand what it's connected to in our story. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna own that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. It is. So so that's the V. And then the E is empathize. And so here um on the handout that comes with this, I, I say I can feel how. Then you use the emotion scared or unsafe or angry you are. But it could be if 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 you don't feel it with your partner, you can say see. Uh, you know, I see how angry you are, or I see how afraid you are. Um, mm-hmm. but but you're letting your partner know like whatever this emotion is that you're feeling, whatever that emotion is that I just validated, I'm present with you mm-hmm. and that emotion. I'm not mm-hmm. running from it. It's it's as if. Um, so a lot of guys have this reaction of, oh, here's the fear and the volume's getting turned up on the fear or the fears there. I want to crank it down or hit Mm -hmm. a mute button. No, 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 no. If you want to get through it, turn the volume up, Mm. amplify it. Mm. You turn the volume up on the fear. You turn the volume up on the anger. What that does is it says to your partner, let me hear it with you. Let Mm. me experience it with you. And it's the with you piece that helps regulate it.
0: Hmm. Wow. Yeah, so I can see um, to play the devil's advocate. I know some some guys are are like, "Are you kidding me?" You know, like <laughs> I to to specifically name an event uh, sounds terrifying. And of course, I I understand this. They're what they're experiencing in that moment is is all the shame. You know, absolutely. The shame so so they could they're, they're, their their uh, their limbic system yeah you know, all all these different things get flooded where right. where now they're in a triggered state because they are experiencing uh, massive amounts of shame. I mean, is right. this, is that something that you think like what, what, what can someone do while if, is there anything they can do in that moment when they're experiencing that shame? Yeah. Um, from the past, how can I, how can I name what I did and own it in that moment um, without losing it myself?
1: You know, yeah, that's a great question because you're right. They, you know, uh, if I'm the one making the save, most likely unless i've done a whole lot of my own work i'm experiencing my own trigger at that very moment
0: mm-hmm. and it's
1: usually a shame trigger yeah you know, and i'm going to have fear around that and pain around that and all of that so yeah, dealing with shame in a moment like this is it's one of these things that's simple but not easy okay so so i'm not saying this is easy But I am saying it's much more simple than we often make it. So what I would say is, first of all, acknowledge it to yourself. There's there's the shame Mm -hmm. right there in the pit of my stomach, that lump that says, oh, my gosh, you are worthless. You can't do it. You're never enough. Whatever it is, or the fear, the paralysis, name it to yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then actually move your body, use your body to do the opposite of what the shame says to do. So what happens is when these emotions start to come up, emotion, the the word emotion, e-motion means to move. Emotions drive our behavior in our body usually. But humans are the only creature (laughs) that can actually overcome that. So Mm -hmm. I feel the shame. The shame makes me want to withdraw or makes me want to get defensive or makes me want to, you know, squint my eyes back and yell or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I can choose to do something different with my body. So Mm -hmm. if my body says tense up and get angry, I need to consciously relax my body. If my body Mm -hmm. says uh, yell, then I need to be gentle with my voice. If my body says, pull away, I need to physically lean in. And Mm. and that has this effect of rather than feeding the shame and amplifying the shame, weakening it. It doesn't necessarily make it go away, Mm -hmm. but it can take an edge off. And now I'm moving in a different direction. And it's amazing Mm -hmm. how when we when we make a choice in line with our values, how quickly it changes our feelings. Yeah. That's a that's a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, that's I think that's extremely helpful. Yeah. Move yeah. in the opposite direction. Do the opposite of what shame tells you to do. That's in right. That
1: that's with that. your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that. just with your thinking.
0: Yeah, that's extremely helpful. And I know, you know, people, guys are going to, are going to make mistakes. They're going to, they're going to, it's, it's a, it's a learning process. You know, I always tell, I tell guys, um, when I make a mistake, I use the word, you know, when I make a mistake, like I, I get Mm -hmm. activated and I start spewing like quickly as, as quickly as I can turn around and Mm -hmm. Uh, I know my wife is going to listen to this podcast and she's going (laughs) to say, she's going to say, yes, do it more often, please. But uh, um, I turn quickly (laughs) and apologize and, and, uh, and say, yes, I, uh, okay. I was, I was going the wrong direction. Let me regroup and, and, uh, and, and move toward you. Um, I made a mistake, you know, that's right. Like own it, circle back um, and own it. Yeah. mm -hmm so and if it if it blows up then circle back and own it and just keep trying
1: that's right the next
0: time that this happens to to lean into it and um and it is and yeah i like uh on on the chart that you you said comes along with with the um um with the webinar um yeah it says courage don't dodge the obvious problem and the problem the problem is that you're both going to move in opposite directions and become disconnected right um but don't dodge it so it takes courage to move into this absolutely um, so yeah you were talking about um empathize right uh empathy i know is several um podcasts oh yeah (laughs) it can be for for many and i i just know that um guy for for guys is this a male problem jake like what is going on it seems like a lot of guys have a lot of have problems moving into empathy and saying like uh like i like i uh, i see how you feel or i know how you feel or you know i have had guys ask me and and say well, what if I can't <laughs> really feel how <laughs> and understand where yeah. she's coming from, you know, well, or whatever it is.
1: You know, here, here's a here's a helpful little truth. Okay. That I've I've you know, I've said this to some some guys and uh and they're like, oh, <laughs> oh, and it's made a big difference. And it's it's this empathy and validation is not the same as agreement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can validate and empathize. And that doesn't mean I agree. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so, my experience, we don't have to have like carbon copied, you know, cloned experiences of something for me to validate your experience and share the space that you, uh, that you, uh, of your emotions, you know, mm-hmm. share that space with you and your emotions. Um, I can enter into that without agreeing. Mm hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. so let's say there's a, a betrayed wife and um, and there's uh, uh, she doesn't want him to wear cologne anymore. OK, uh, I'm, I'm making this up. OK. And let's say his mm-hmm. acting out had nothing to do with wearing cologne, uh-huh. but in her. Right. I can validate her fear and empathize with her fear without agreeing that the cologne was a problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so. It's it's just uh, allowing someone, uh, I I think I think it goes into allowing someone else to be different than you are. You know, mm-hmm. we are. And our spouse,
1: (laughs) for some of us, we
0: recognize we couldn't be more different. But that's that's uh, right. Allowing someone else's experience to be different than what you see
1: and how you see the world, right? Yes, absolutely. She can have her own experience, Uh, he can have his own experience. Um, And we can make room for each other's experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now the other piece of this is that if I'm if I'm working with someone who really has had like a full-blown sexual addiction, you know, years of acting out, layers of betrayal and delusion and all that, I I may ask them whose experience of reality is most trustworthy, especially early on in recovery. And oh, well, I guess hers is. Okay. Well, maybe you want to be a little more open to her experience of reality right now Mm. as you're uh coming back to your own grounded hmm. sober <laughs> uh experience of reality yeah so there's some wisdom in, in um opening ourselves if we 're in recovery, opening ourselves maybe a little more than we would otherwise to other people's experience of reality, because maybe we aren't very good at uh really knowing our own realities Mm.
0: yeah yeah interesting yeah Yeah. that that's a that's a really good perspective for sure so you said empathize I can feel how or I can see how you how scared you are or how
1: unsafe you must feel
0: um what's the next step after that
1: and then after that, it's secure. Yes. So we've said, see, ask, validate, empathize, and secure. And, and this is where guys want to start, okay? <laughs> they want to start with this S. I'm here. I didn't act out. I'm sober. You're safe, you know, whatever. Um, if you start there, your, your triggered partner will not be open to receive it. Mm -hmm. All of those other steps help open up your partner to receive your words of security or comfort at the end. So you've, you've you've helped them be reflective. I see that you're this. You ask if they're triggered. They say yes, that's communicating that you care. You validate what they're feeling in the moment and you empathize with them. So now they're not alone in that emotional space. Now I can say, I'm with you. I've got your back. Uh, I'm not acting out. I'm working my recovery program. And every couple is going to discover their own uh, securing phrases. Okay. Mm. And that's an important um, experiment to run together. What Mm. helps? What words help? I choose Mm. you. Um, uh, you know, I, I choose you over my shame. Um, I'm not going to run from your fear. I'm not going to run from your anger. So, so work with your partner, collaborate. What are those securing phrases? And so after you've done the S A V E, now you've laid the groundwork to offer these phrases and then, excuse me, actually, actually be, uh, taken in by, uh, your partner. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Uh, when you, when you were saying most guys, we want to skip to that last part. It sounds like, um, the old saying where we just want to fix it, you know, that's right. When our wife is emotional, we just want to fix it. When she has a problem, we just want to fix it. Move quickly to fixing it. And mm-hmm. uh, interestingly, yeah, that's how this uh, this is this applies uh, to everyone. Um, yes, whether you're married or not, certainly yes. in marriages, because I think we are. I think it's part of God's design that we are supposed to trigger each other not not in the realm of addiction and addictive behavior necessarily but we're supposed to trigger each other so that we can bring out the things we need to work on and heal and have that connection so so moving through these steps and then getting to the last where we can connect that's the ultimate connection to say i i hear you i choose
1: you that's right and and i'm glad you brought up the fix it uh mentality or the fix it impulse um what i say to my couples is particularly to men it seems um you got to redefine a win okay you got to redefine what the win is and the win is not she's not hurt the win is not she's not angry the win Uh is not she's not afraid if, if that's the win, then of course, I'm going to try to turn the volume down on the emotion. The yeah. win is that when she's feeling hurt, afraid, angry, she can feel me with her. I can be present with her while those emotions are active. That's mm. a win. Mm. That's the win because it's the, 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 experience, the felt experience of the connection that makes those emotions of pain or anger or fear tolerable. So, so that they're not pushing me into fight or flight or disconnection or whatever. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Makes a lot of sense for sure.
0: So, this, this was awesome. Thank you so much for Thank you. Um, talking through this. So making saves. And we talked a, a little bit um before we started recording here in this podcast, you were, you were saying that uh, people who listen to this podcast can go to your website and uh, use a promo code so they can get access to the webinar at a discount. That's which, right. Which uh, they can they can watch the webinar that you did as many times as they would yeah. like yeah. and review it. And so the website is daringventuresathome
1: dot com slash forward slash making saves. That's right. Mm-hmm. DaringAdventuresAtHome dot com slash making saves and use the promo code Living Truth and yeah. like if they type it in all in one word Living Truth all one okay. word um, mm-hmm. I don't think caps or lowercase matters uh, mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll put it in all lowercase just in case it does but uh, Living Truth and and they can get a get it for half off. 50% off 50% <laughs> off yeah and have lifetime access to it and be able to download the handout the in the webinar I really do uh, I've got all kind of slides and stuff I go into all the brain science behind each step and give a lot more examples of how to use it the the webinar has been seen uh, by more than thirty thousand people now and I've gotten emails awesome. literally from folks around the world uh, saying it was a game changer their relationship. So mm-hmm. I hope, hope if, if people want to dig into it more, they'll do that and benefit from it.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. I really appreciate you being on our podcast today. I know that that's going to be a huge help for so many people. Um, everyone who listens can benefit.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.